helped and stood in and Pastor Tegan for leading and making sure that everything went off without a, a hitch uh, the past couple of weekends, actually three weekends. I appreciate Pastor Tyler Cook from coming for coming over. I, I heard nothing but good. Pastor Matthew Carpenter uh, coming over and sharing with us on the second week. I know that he done a great job. And, and of course, uh, Brother uh, Elisha St. James and Maria for coming over. And, and all of those, the worship team, all of our greeters, hospitality. Here's what I heard back that was, seemed to be the ver- very much so the, uh, not run of the mill, but kind of the, um, it was kind of the common thread that ran through it. And that was, we felt so much at home. We felt at home. Church, we need, to, we need to make people feel at home. Amen. They come into our house and we're glad to have you here. And I want to just, I just want to encourage you today. And I want you to turn in your Bibles. I'm going to share with you a couple of scriptures that you're going to hear me share these scriptures probably many times. Because after 18 years of serving in one place, you're going to end up hearing scriptures that I've read many times over and different takes and different spins on them. And, and I've asked the Lord over the past two months, God, give me a fresh revelation. That doesn't mean a new revelation. That means a fresh revelation. God's Word doesn't change. It will always be the same. And, and when I say a fresh revelation, I may be, maybe the right word is a new inspiration for me. God, give me something, Lord, that I haven't seen before that I can share with your people so, so that they leave encouraged. Now, Luke chapter 4 is where we're going to start out in verse 25, and then we're going to go over into the Old Testament, the First Kings, and we're going to read to you about one of my favorite prophets. This guy's going to come on the scene. His name is Elijah. His name is Elijah. And in, if you go to uh, Luke chapter 4, you're going to find that Jesus is about to tell a story. He's try, or he is telling a story, and he's telling a history story that a lot of people are not getting. They're not getting the story. He's telling them that, and then you'll notice that he begins to close the book and he really begins to compare to them. He's telling them centuries after it happened. So Jesus knows it. You say, well, Jesus wasn't even born during Elijah's time. Well, the Bible teaches me and te- teaches you that in the beginning God was, but I'm going to tell you not only was He, Jesus was. He was there in the beginning with God when He created the heavens and the earth. Are you on that same page with me? So it doesn't make sense to the people and they don't understand it. And he begins to close the book and he reads to them. And I'm going to read this first passage to you and then I'm going to give you a little illustration. In Luke 4, 25 and 26, Jesus said, But truly, or but I tell you, truly, there are many widows, say many widows, were in Israel in the days of Elijah. This is the prophet. When the heavens were shut up, in other words, they were closed, Three years and six months. There was a great famine throughout the land. They were in some desperate trouble because when you don't have food and you don't have water, there's a problem. Verse 26, But none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath. He just told us there are many widows, but there isn't but one that Elijah was sent to. There was a reason that God sent Elijah to the one widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. Have you ever heard someone tell you a story, but when they told you the story, you just, they didn't get it? You know that? Or have you ever tried to tell somebody a story, and when you told them the story, you basically had to say, well, you just really needed to be there to get it. 
So I wanted to share this pick with you real quick, just kind of to get started. We give you the scriptures, and I'm going to give you some more in just a minute. We'll get this, the picture put on the screen if we can get it popped up. And, and so, you know, I do this every now and again. Pastor Ted ought to know. Now, if you look at the picture, you look and you see that he's holding this uh, uh, carafe, and the carafe, of course, got coffee in it, and you see this, this uh, coffee cup. And if I started telling you the story behind this, we're actually on our last little vacation that we'd been on that we'd actually scheduled for last year and actually just took. And, and if I told you that story, some of you would might grin and laugh because we did tell it to uh, my daughter and my son-in-law and, and they laughed, but I said, well, I guess you just had to be there. And the story was... Uh, we had been getting in the morning room service where they would bring you coffee and juice. We weren't getting food but coffee and juice to keep us from having to go up and get it and bring it back down. And so I said something to him on the way out. I said, because my wife doesn't drink coffee. I said, did you get room service? We're leaving. He said, no, I didn't this morning. I said, so you had not had any coffee? He said, no. I said, well, I set our tray outside the room and... Uh, there's a cup, they send two cups, and there's a lot of coffee. And so he goes back, grabs the coffee cup and the carafe, dumps coffee into the thing, and we're laughing. And Bethany is videoing, and I'm taking pictures because we think it's hilarious because there's a lot of trays sitting in the hallway a lot of times because people put them outside their rooms when they're through with them. And it looks like to us that he just walked up to a random room and, you know, he's eating off somebody else, you know, getting somebody. But I know you had to be there. Because we laughed on the inside until we were about to hurt. You just got to be there. So Jesus is telling this story to these people centuries before and he's just basically telling them, you had to be there. You can move on from this picture. We're going to get ready to go into the rest of it this morning. Have you ever asked yourself the question in your mind, because Elijah is going to probably do this, he's going to ask himself the question, why am I where I am or why am I here? How come this is happening to me? Why is this dilemma? Why, why, am, I, why am I here? 1 Kings 17, Elijah, Elijah is the first time that we really see this prophet. He's on the mountain and we would have, uh, uh, he probably would have been probably the most powerful prophet in all the Old Testament. During his life on earth, uh, there was people who did not really appreciate who he was. As a matter of fact, while we were gone, I, I talked to a, a young man or a man who was a pastor while we were on one of the islands who actually was driving us. And it's kind of unique that we ended up in the van with this guy because this man was sold out for Jesus. His name was Will. And Will uh, loved Jesus. There was no doubt, man. He had a Bible that big that was big enough to choke a mule down in the floorboard. A New Testament po poked up into the, into the front thing there and then another I mean he had Bible he he wasn't like the rest of the drivers uh, that just had on a shirt or casual he had on a shirt with a tie and he didn't say a whole lot about Jesus but when we started talking about the Lord and we started talking about not just a generic God that a lot of people serve but we started calling out and talking about the name of Jesus will came alive why? Because when He's really born you again, when you're really different, when you're made different, when Jesus does a work in your heart and in your life, you can't help but to share it with somebody else. 
It's like it does something on the inside of you. It's like it turns something up. And so I, 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 I asked Will, and he said something to me that was pretty curious. He was talking about his mother who had passed pass away. And she had this term, and she said, Don't leave me flowers after I'm gone. Give them to me now. And what she was saying was, Elijah, who we're talking about here, a lot of people would not appreciate him now because most people don't want a hero right now or they don't appreciate a hero now. They only do it after they're gone. And so this mother was a hero to Will and Will was basically saying that his mom said, Hey, I know that uh, you want to give me flowers when I'm gone, but if you really want to give me flowers, give them to me now. And she wasn't talking about physical flowers. She was talking about with his life, doing something that makes a difference, that makes a change. So that note stuck in me. And, and I believe that wherever you are in whatever situation you're in right now, that whatever God, wherever God's put you, that you need to bloom where you are planted. Oh, I'm going somewhere. And I'm going to bring this message back around in just a few minutes. Because Elijah is being sent to a widow in Zarephath. He's the only one that's going to, or the only widow that he's going to be sent to, even though there are many there. And when Elijah comes on the scene, there is a crisis that's happening in that time, or in that time. And the word of the Lord comes through him. It's the first time we really hear much from him. And we're in 1 Kings now 17, 1 through 4. And we're going to pick up where Jesus is telling this story centuries before. And Elijah the Tishbite, it'll be on the screens if you haven't found it in your Bible, in the Old Testament, 1 Kings 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead says to Ahab. Now Ahab is a king. The Bible says at this point, Ahab has done more wickedness than anybody else, any other king before him. And he says, this is Elijah, as the Lord God lives before whom I stand, there's not going to be any dew, no rain these years except at my word. Not, In other words, what he was saying was, until the Lord gives me the word, there's not going to be any rain. The word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here. Now this is what the Lord's speaking to Elijah now. Elijah was speaking to Ahab. There's going to be a no rain, no dew. It's going to be a drought until the word comes. And I'm going to get that word from the Lord. So the Lord tells Elijah, verse 2, get away from here. Turn eastward and hide by the brook called Cherith which flows from the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from that brook. Look at this. I have commanded the ravens, the birds, to feed you there. Somebody say there. Now here's what's happening. Let me give it to you. God has spoken this word of judgment, and this is what Jesus is trying to teach to the people centuries later. A word of judgment because Ahab, the king, has gotten so bad. As a matter of fact, King Ahab is married to a woman by the name of Jezebel. And many times we recognize Jezebel because we know her. Uh, when we, If you grew up in church, people would talk about a Jezebel spirit. they talk about you, you all dressed up, look like a Jezebel. You know what I'm talking about there? There was a reason for that because Ahab and Jezebel, without getting into too deep of a situation here, they were a toxic couple. They were a couple that nobody needed in leadership. 
So Israel is under the reign of this sinful king and it has just gotten worse and worse and worse. That's why, let me just say to you, when your head is sick, your whole body doesn't feel well. I mean, I, this morning, my head kind of feels, you know, kind of stuffy, and you know how that goes. We're in the Mississippi weather season. Welcome back to, you know, Mississippi kind of thing. And, and, and when your head doesn't feel good, the rest of your body does it. You, you just kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, you kind of drag like um, maple syrup being poured out of a cold bucket or whatever. Elijah says at his first appearance, look at this, there is going to be no rain. There's going to be a famine on the land until I say differently. If you notice 1 Kings 17 and 2, that the Bible says that the Lord would command the birds or the ravens to feed Elijah there. In other words, he was. I'm sorry, let me go back and give that to you again. 1 Kings 17 verse 2. Look at what it says. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, verse 3, turn away from there. It's actually verse 3. I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Look at this. What, what am I wanting to share? What do I want to get to you today? I want you to understand something that a lot of times we're looking for the Lord. We're asking him, God, why do you have me in a certain place? Lord, why did you bring me into this church? Why am I at Refuge Church? Why am I on my job? Why am I in this school? Why have you put me in this particular place? Because a lot of times what God wants to do in your life or your provision, what it is that God has for you, is contingent upon you being obedient to God. Your, your provision, what God is wanting to give to you, what God has planned for you is contingent upon your obedience to the Lord. In other words, you want to do what you want to do, but God has something greater for you. But if you don't go there, if you don't go to the place that God has commanded the birds to feed you, the ravens to feed you, and this place that there is a supply of water that won't run out, you're going to be in a famine and you're not going to have anything to drink. Are you with me? So God will always put your provision in a place where he's planted you. Let me just let me break it down a little bit more and we're going to get into three or four parts of this and we're going to close it and I'm going to try to finish next week with something else on this same line. Where God has put you or where he has planted you is where he has provided. You may not understand sometimes why you're teaching that children's class. You may not understand why God has you picking up trash. Why God has you greeting at a door. Why you're in student ministry. Why God has you specifically where you are. Well, I want to tell you the reason for that. And I'm going to explain a little bit of that as we get into this. But when the rain where you are stops falling, which means no food, no water, and you think in your mind, okay, God's going to let me die right here where I'm at, and God is saying, I'm not going to let you die, but if you're not there, you can't get what I want you to get, so I'm moving you there for a reason, and Jesus tells us that Elijah was directed to God's place of never-ending supply of food and water. It's God who gives you the direction. It is God who can put it in your heart. It is God who can use people to speak into your life. How does God speak to me, Pastor? He's already spoken to you through His Word. And sometimes He uses other people to speak through you. And there's not always a prophet that has to show up on the scene and say, Thus saith the Lord. The Word of the God is true. 
true. It is real. It is genuine. And it's already come. And His Word will not lie. And He cannot lie. And when God has put it into your heart, and God has laid it upon your heart. You've got to understand, He will not allow you to, to, uh, to die where you are. So no matter, what I'm telling you is this, no matter what the economy looks like, no matter what the stock market is doing back in October or September or whenever it, you know, it, it doesn't look too good, God's my source, and look at this, He has plenty. Somebody needs to understand today that God is my source and he has plenty. Somebody needs to say, God is my source. The stock market is not my source. The job is not my source. The church is not my source. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? A lot of times we get confused that our supply is our source. And that's not so. If you serve the living God, if you serve the one and true God, then He is your source. The supply may come through a job that God has given you. But even when the job sometimes is shutting down, God is saying, I'm making a way. But if you're not here right now or you're not there, you can't go to here or you're not here you can't go to there you've got to allow me to make a way where there seems to be no way we're serving a God who is a God of impossibilities what do you mean when it's impossible with man it is possible with God what do you mean impossibilities it is impossible with man it is possible with God are you here with me amen so no matter what it looks like God has and is our source and has plenty now look at this, many times what happens to us is we are a lot like Elijah and we find that the supply line, a layoff, uh, things are not as good as they were on the job. Uh, you know, our supply line has been challenged. What we think is going to happen doesn't always happen the way that we think that. And the people of Israel had began to trust, listen to this real closely, they begin, they begin to trust in what the clouds was giving them. Understand something. I need you to hear me. Everybody pay attention for the next few minutes and hear what I'm about to tell you. The clouds are not the source. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I said the clouds are not the source. Now, I know for Mississippi, if you're like us, I mean, we came back. We, had to, we were in the airport. It was 80-plus degrees when we were flying back. We were in shorts and flip-flops and full-out cruise wear, you know, ready to come home. We get on back to where you get a little bit of Wi-Fi signal, get to look, and you say, well, I, we're, we're going to be a few hours back to Mississippi. What's the temperature like? And when we realize the temperature is going to be 38 when we get back and it's going to be raining or cloudy, it's a different thing. You understand what I'm saying? And when I talk about clouds, most of us right now understand that because we're tired of rain. Anybody in that same boat with me? I mean, the wind's blowing yesterday, and I'm saying, God, just let these trees hold up, you know, and the rain kind of hold back a little bit. In this day, they're praying for rain. But they're believing, because there is no rain, that their supply, that's what they're looking to, is what is providing for them. Listen to me. It is God who created the clouds. It is God who created your hands to go and work every day. Are you with me? It's God who created your mind to give you the, the, the thoughts that God would have you to have. God, look at this, tells Elijah, I'm going to shut the sky down. 
the clouds are going to close. I'm going to shut them up. Look at this. So I can open the heavens. Hang with me, guys. The enemy wants your attention on what you don't have or the resistance that you're facing rather than God's source or he being the source or the provision that he's given to you. Are you with me? It's easy to look at that what you don't have. You know, you've got this fear of you're not going to have enough or you're missing out. That's what Facebook will to, do to you. That, that thing we call FOMA, the fear of missing out, I think is how it is, or something like that. Is that right? The, you're, you're thinking that somehow or another you're going to miss out or that God can't supply your needs. Listen to me. If you're thinking about your provision and you're thinking about your source, I need you to understand something, that the provision of God comes through your obedience and you have to be where God wants you to be in order for that to come to you. Understand what I'm saying? It's easy to miss God when you're not listening exactly to what God. And there's a lot of, I hear people tell me, God's telling me to go here. God's telling me to go there. God's put me here. God's put me there. And there's a lot of that going on. Listen to me. Hear what I'm about to tell you. You need to get somewhere and stay planted where you are. There's too many people that are not planted and they're going places to try to find something they're looking for and it's, you know, i got to get a different worship service. i got to get a different preacher. i got to get a different something going on. You need to get somewhere and get planted where the Word of God is being shared and it's some kind of stability because you can't get an oak tree to grow in the back of a Ford pickup truck running up and down the highway. you got to get in. Listen to me. The Word of God has to be, you have to be rooted and planted in your heart and you need somebody that's sharing the truth with and you're being planted where you're supposed to be at. Are you with me? And it almost seems wrong that God would cut off the sky and send this drought, but actually and honestly, sometimes God allows us to get to a place as an act of kindness. We don't think that. But we start depending on things. Everybody say things. And God will oftentimes overthrow our supply Because it inevitably will fail us. The people of Israel, look at this, began to worship Baal. I don't have time to get real deep into this, but Baal was a Phoenician sun or rain god. He also was believed, he was a sun god, but was also believed to control the rain. And the Israelites stopped their dependence on the one true God. They knew that. This God that had brought them out of slavery for over 400 years of Egyptian slavery and brought them into the land of promise and now they're looking at and depending on this God called Baal because they're praying to the sky. They're praying to the rain. They're praying to the sun. And they're believing that that is it. Well, I want to tell you that as long as you're depending on the world, as long as you're depending on Baal for your support, you can never really know your source. As long as you're looking at Baal to be your support, you can never really depend on your source. Why? Because the sun, somebody said, I wish the sun would come out, Pastor, is not your source. 
It is the supply that brings the sunlight to the earth. But hear me, it is not the source. I, I, Pastor, the rain, it keeps coming. I, I, it, it, but listen to me, the clouds are not, the, they're just the supply line. It is God who created the heavens of the earth. And He is the one who is able to shine into your situation. He is able to send rain when you need rain. Come on, somebody. He is the one who is able. What are you telling me, Pastor? I'm telling you as long as you're looking to the world for your supply you will not depend on your source but when you start depending on the source the one true God oh come on somebody and you get under a closed heaven and you lift up your hands and you say God for three and a half years I feel like I've been in a drought three and a half months I feel like I've been in a drought however long that it is God wants you to hear his voice and the only way that you can do that is get to the brook that he's leading you to and the water will flow amen amen come on somebody you need to get to the fresh stream of his provisions don't trust in relationships that are failing you or a job that's failing you why because relationships will fail you jobs will fail you look God can shut down the sky to reveal his purpose I asked Pastor Tagan sometimes about his job situation. Now, we don't have time. Many of you have heard that testimony. But sometimes God will shut down the sky to get you not to look at that job, not to look at that, that, that supply, but He will let you look at Him to the source and try to figure it out. But hear what I'm about to tell you. Why are you saying that, Pastor? Because it's an act of kindness. Not every drought that we come through or every storm. Listen to me. Every storm, not everyone that comes into your life, not every drought that comes into your life is of the devil or from the devil. Many times what we do is we blame the devil for what's going on and it's actually God trying to get us back and us to pay attention to what he's doing in our own life. Come on somebody. Not every drought, not every storm that comes into your life comes from the devil. We won't, we'll say that. We'll say, well, that just, you know, the old devil, he's just, he's just messing my stuff up. He's just messing with me. And in reality, here's what's happening. God's trying to get you to pray again. God's trying to get you on your knees again. God's trying to get you back into your word again. Because you've been looking to the supply line and believing that your supply line was here and God is saying it's not here. You have gotten so worldly focused that you have lost that heavenly focus. That you're not paying attention to what God is really trying to do in your life. And you believe that what's happening to you is nothing more than the devil. And the devil didn't have anything to do with it. God is trying to get your attention he'll say wake up hear hear the voice of the Lord and Americans are the worst in the world about having the comforts of everything we need and everything we want at our fingertips and when we don't have it we get upset we get frustrated we don't know what to do We're, we get scared we get worried we don't know what's going to happen next and we believe that somehow or another God has cut us off. 1 Kings 17 is about the rain being shut down and the people trusting God. God coming in and, and not, not tempting you, but checking you out. Do you know that God will check you? And I just want to share with you, I don't know who it is, but I know that this week and through the past weeks I had been studying the message and I keep coming back 
to this message and the message that I'm going to share with you next week. That somebody needs to know that God knows how to take care of you even when it seems unconventional. Maybe I'm preaching this to me today. I, I don't know, but I, I know somebody needed to hear this. God need, You need to hear that God knows how to take care of you even when it seems unconventional. What do you mean unconventional? For you to receive what God has, you can't stay here, but you got to go there. Oh, it says it. Hang with me. So where is there, Pastor? If I can't stay here, where is there? Now, before anybody says that, I'm not telling you to leave this church or leave another church or leave your spouse or dump your kids off somewhere. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm wanting you to understand that God can unconventionally provide for you when other people, when you don't know what to do. So where is there? Listen to this. There is a place, this will be worth writing down, is a place of obedience. You remember what I said? Your provision is locked up in your, your obedience. The Bible teaches us that God, more than a sacrifice, God is looking for you to be obedient. I said more than a sacrifice in your life, God is looking for obedience. I'm going to touch real quick. This is a hit and run on what Pastor Ted said about tithe and offering. Your tithe, hear me, everybody listen to this real quickly. You're hearing it from my past, your pastor, and I'm probably going to do a little more on these giving talks. I'm going to kind of get in here and interject some more. Your tithe is not God asking you, do you want to do this? If you read your Bible, cover to cover, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, it is a requirement. As a matter of fact, I had a guy say, Pastor, from now understanding the Bible, I don't even understand how in the world you can say that you're a Christian if you don't. Now, that's, I'm, not, I'm saying that's what I, he told me, a, a guy that was lost, lived in the world for years, thought that the church was trying to get rich off of him. I mean, that's what he literally said. And then said, if you're going to be, so listen to this, your tithe is a requirement. It's an act of obedience. That you trust God, you believe God, that what you have been given is not really yours. It was already His to start with. Are you with me? And you may say, I got everything I need. I don't need to put God in the middle of this. I got all I need. I don't want God to be messing in my stuff. But what do you do when your supply is cut off? Are you looking to the supply? Are you understanding that the source is actually able to open the supply for you. So it's an act of obedience. Listen to this. Your offering, which is what which is your blessing. Your offering is actually your blessing. It's 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 not what God's required. See, your tithe is what's required of you. It's what God's asked of you. But your offering is your blessing. In other words, I, you know what? I'm just going to believe God. I'm going to give this offering. I had this money. I was putting it up for a new fishing rod, a new rifle, new pair of shoes, new dress, whatever it is. But they were needing some help in the youth department. The children's department was needing it. They are needing to do some uh, upgrades, some work, whatever. Uh, we're giving away to some missionaries. We're trying to help some missionaries to reach people to get the gospel. I'm going to give this. That is your blessing. That's where your blessing comes from. That's where you're blessed. So you tithe, 
is the requirements, what God's already asked of you. Actually, in reality, if you're saved, if you're a Christian, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the Lord anyhow. You're just a steward of it. So for you to receive that, you've got to understand that your provision, what God has provided for you, is locked up into your obedience. It's, it's in your hands. It's up to you what you do with it. It's not about God. It's about you. It's about you obeying. Are you here with me? For you to receive what God has, you cannot, as a Christian, just stay here, which represents a place of drought. It represents a place that God is trying to move you out to the next level. And I, I, I may not get to all of this preached this morning, but I'm going to get as much as I can into you. That's why we come up, we'll say, hey guys, let's worship the Lord. Well, they're not really singing my song. They're not really saying what I would love to hear that preacher. It's not the preacher I want to hear preach. It's, not, it's this, that, or the other. Hear me. That has nothing to do with your obedience to the Lord. And some of us, this is where we are in worship. We're just kind of here. Okay, they're singing this song. I don't know it, so I'm not going to sing along. I don't sing. I can't sing. Hey, I can't sing either. Well, I can sing. I just don't do it in public as much as I know but I'm, gonna, I'm to the place in my life that I've got to worship the Lord regardless. Whether it's at home in my private, if it's in the shower when I'm getting ready, in the car when I'm listening to the radio, or in the church when I'm standing here, the one thing I've got to do is realize that out of my obedience, when I worship God, when I give Him the honor that He deserves, there's something that breaks in the heavenlies. That the chains that I've been carrying around, the shackles that I've been under, the weight, the burden that I've been dealing with somehow or another cannot stay on my life. It's like I feel like I come in one way and I leave another. That's because you can't stay here if you're going to get there. You can't stay here if you're going to get Oh, come on. I wish somebody would get this. You know, somebody mad, some of us at one mad but I'm going to tell you a full sign of surrender to the Lord is God here I am, here's my hands open before you and Lord there's a lot I can't do about my situation or what's going to come this week but the one thing I can control is my worship to you my adoration, my honor to you and Lord I honor you I honor you, it's out of my wheelhouse God, it's not what I normally do but God I need you, you are my source, you are everything let me just worship you so I can get from here to there you see where is there? well there's a place of obedience and it's where you listen to the voice of God above the noise that's in your life a lot of the noise that's in your life says don't lift your hands your wife's never seen you lift your hands don't lift your hands. Your husband won't know what to do with you when you get home. You start acting like those people. I got news for you. When you walk through the doors of this church, you identified with those people. And the other, others that aren't even here today, that are in other places where we're reaching out and over into our other facilities, you identified with them. And the Bible says this in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Why are they not that? Why are my ways not your ways, says the Lord? Well, I think a lot of it is because His thoughts are not our thoughts because we choose not to think and try to think like what He wants us to think. Because the Bible teaches in the New Testament that we have the mind of Christ. Verse 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Look at this, And my thoughts 
than your thoughts. So you must get there because the blessing of the Lord is there. And look at, look at this. You've got to learn to stay where God's put you. You cannot pull up tomato plants when it gets time to plant tomatoes if we ever get to that place. You can't put them in the ground and say, you know what, I don't really like where they look like right there. Have you ever tried that? It don't work. They will die. It's the same thing with your spiritual life. That's why you don't need to just be here on Sunday morning. You need to be in a small group, which we offer. You need to be here on Wednesday night. Your kids need to be here on Wednesday night. I'm going to tell you, it concerns me watching people that are in and out and very, you know, it's getting to the point where they're in and out. And I, I wasn't even going to go here because people think I'm meddling when I go here and I'm talking about them and it feels like it's them. And if it feels like you, maybe it is you, but maybe it isn't you. But if it feels like you, maybe God's trying to deal with you and say, hey, look, you need to pay attention. What's going on in your home and what's going on in your family is deeper Come on, it's deeper than what you think and where they really need to be is on in church on Sunday morning and in a youth group on Wednesday night and in on Sunday morning in children's ministry or where we're teaching them in the nursery. Why? Because most people are only snacking at home. Oh, let me say it again. They're only snacking at home. What do you mean? The only word they're getting is what they get when they come in here on Sunday. And the only word they're getting is what they get here on Wednesday. They're not really getting it. N- nobody's leading in the home prayer. See, a lot of us stopped 21 days of prayer when 21 days of prayer was over. And we're not stopping. Beth and I have committed this year, even while we were gone on vacation, to be in prayer, to spend a certain amount of time in prayer for you, for us, for our family, for the lost, for the sick, for those standing in spiritual warfare. Church, I take this thing seriously. I take what God's trying to do in this church seriously. And I see the attacks. I understand what's happening. I know what the enemy's trying to do. We'll look around and say, well, where where are every, Where are the people that's supposed to be here? Where are some that were here six months ago? Listen to me. We're, there are things that are going on that we don't see spiritual things in the heavenlies because we're dealing with authorities. It's not a... It's not a man thing. It's not a flesh thing. It's a spiritual thing. So the blessing of the Lord there is where He has called you. And I, I can't give it to you. I can't bag it up and give it to you. But let me read to you 1 Kings 17, 5-6. through 6. So when he went and did according to the word of the Lord. This is Elijah. And he went and stayed. Somebody say stayed. By the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread, meat by morning, and the bread and the meat by evening. They fed him in the morning, they fed him in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Now, here's something that really stands out to me. Notice that Elijah had a certain time and a certain place. The birds brought him a breakfast in the morning. And if you'll notice, they also brought it to him in the evening, but it was a certain time that they did that. Have you ever noticed that you need to feed at a, you need to eat at certain times? I said feed. That sounds about right, though, isn't it? But we will go spiritually and not eat. We'll eat breakfast, but won't eat here. A certain time to read, to, to talk to God every day. Why? Because God's trying to, to, to help you to get there. Alright, look at this. When you get comfortable there, now becomes 
look at this, now becomes here. Hold with me. I know it sounds confusing. Verse 7, 1 Kings 17. And it happened after a while, he's at the brook called Cherith. What happens to it? It dries up. Did he drink too much? No, it finally just quit running. And there had been no, because there had been no rain in that land. So Elijah gets up one morning, and here's what's happening. There's no breakfast, because the birds aren't bringing it. And the brook is dried up. And there, there, where he's at, has become dry, because there is no rain. So Elijah realizes he is there, and it now has to become there. Hang with me. We read it earlier, but I'm going to share it with you again. What, what are you saying? It's easy, like it, like it is sometimes, to get comfortable in the last place you trusted God. Elijah has trusted God by this brook because he's getting up every day and breakfast is coming. Kind of like on a cruise ship. I mean, if you want breakfast and you don't want to get out of bed, you just dial up and tell them, hey, come bring me some breakfast and tell them what you want. And you ain't got to do that. You can get on the on their little TV setup, and you can check the marks, and 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 you can tell them what time you want it, and they will bring it to you. Or you can get up and go to the buffet, and you can you can do like a lot of other people do, or you can go into a, a fancier place and eat, or you can. I mean, there were so many options. It's that when you get up the next morning afterwards, you're wondering what happened to my breakfast. Especially if you're used to getting up and you don't normally eat breakfast. Or you go get a, a breakfast bar. Are you with me? Or you're the one making the coffee or the oatmeal or the eggs. You wonder what happened. Well, he gets up and what happens is the last place that he'd been blessed, the blessing isn't coming anymore. The brook dries up. And again, he's not telling you switch churches, switch spouses, Dump your kids off. But what he's trying to tell you is that God's guiding through what he provides in your life. But he also guides through sometimes, listen to this, what he withholds. God knows that if he always sends the birds with breakfast and a free-flowing source of water into your life, you would depend on the supply, but you would not depend on the source. He is the source. Are you with me? And God does not want you to depend on anything that does not have Him at the source. I hope somebody's getting this. And a lot of times what happens is we get there. Remember where Elijah's going. Was Elijah being sent to the brook called Cherith to be there to just get water and just to eat? No. If we read Luke 4 where Jesus felt like he needed to talk about it a little bit more, he said, I'm going to send you to a widow. There are a lot of them that were there, but I'm going to send you to one. But pastor, there's a drought in the land. No, but God has a purpose for sending you. Come on, somebody. Let me read to you 1 Kings 17, 8 through 9. Here's something you hear from your kids when you're on a trip. Are we there yet? <laughs> the word of the Lord came to him, talking to Elijah, saying, Arise, get up, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. In other words, he's got to stay. I have commanded a widow there, look at this, to provide for you. Now the birds have been taking care of him. The brooks kept flowing. And, and sometimes... It's like you feel like maybe I'm in a spiritual drought. 
But God is always speaking to you where you are. Sometimes it feels like you can't hear. I've been there. Anybody else been there when you didn't feel like you were hearing from God? I've been there. I've been there studying messages. My wife would tell you I come out feeling like I was going to pull my hair out, saying, God, I've been praying everything else, and I don't know why, but I'm really not hearing from you. And the truth of it is, he's speaking. I'm just not doing a real good job of listening. So God will use a need right where you are to reveal the next step. And it's always been there, the next step, that God blesses you. Because if you get comfortable here, is anybody getting this? You'll never go there. If you get comfortable here, you'll never go there. If you get comfortable here, you'll never go here. Are you with me? You get into worship service, the altar time's called, we come to church, you do it week after week after week after week, and you say, hey, if you've got a need in your life, come for prayer, and you get comfortable there, you'll never go there or here. You'll never bow down and say, God, I need you. But you let a storm come. You let a drought come. I'm going to tell you that sometimes God allows things to come into your life that isn't always the devil to try to get you out of your seat, to get your hands raised up, to get you on your knees before the Lord, to try to get you to understand He's got a provision. He's got a blessing. He's got something He wants to give to you, but He needs you to depend upon Him, not the supply line. Oh, my goodness. Man, I wish my head didn't feel like a cotton-headed denny mugging. I feel like I could preach if it didn't. And we're always doing the same things that our kids do to us. We act like we're on a trip or a vacation. And when we get to a place, the next thing, you guys do this too, we do it. Are we there yet? I mean, we've been riding for 30 minutes. Are we there yet? Or the other thing is, I'm hungry. Come on, somebody. And have you ever thought about how you got a place here? Some of you, how you ended up in this church. It's amazing some of the stories I hear about people who end up here who might have had a job in another town or maybe they even lived in another town so it was over and you ended up here. Or whatever the situation, but somehow you're here because there was a situation that landed you here. You're not here by an accident. And adults are a lot like those kids. We can go somewhere. Listen to this. You can spend thousands of dollars going on a vacation to get there only to want to be. You can go visit relatives you love and care about, but there's still no place like, and there's no bed that sleeps like your bed. I'm going to get finicky. I'm going to get funny. There's no pillow like my pillow. Matter of fact, if I can carry my pillow, I will carry my pillow. Why? Because I'm the only one that has the right to open his mouth and slobber on it and then wring it out the next morning. That's my pillow. Anybody feel what I'm preaching? But hear this, God never gives you or tells you every detail of your life. 
There are some things you're not going to know. But God has made an appointment. And with Elijah, it was a widow that he provided. First of all, he provided the birds that fed him. The water is fed him. But now he has commanded a widow in his perfect timing. And he is awaiting Elijah's obedience to get from where he is to where he needs to be. Life is not random. God has a plan. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't realize it, God has a plan. God's got motives. One person said God's got ulterior motives. And the reason we think that we're here there isn't why he brought you here at all. And I'm going to hurry because I got to get finished here, but listen to this. Some of you think that you got married to help your spouse out and to, I'm sorry, got married to make you whole, but a marriage isn't about making you happy or making you whole. I want you to hear what I'm about to say to you. We think that marriage is about person completing us but the truth of it is another sinful person can never complete you only God can that's good thank you listen to this I'm telling you another sinful person cannot complete you I'm not telling you to leave your spouse I'm going to say that over and over again until I get it through because God's not calling you to that listen to what I'm telling you two sinful people cannot complete you my wife and I love each other I mean we love each other we don't just say it we do love each other. And we don't care who's around when we decide to kiss and show everybody we do love each other. And that ain't just, you know what I'm saying? It's we love each other. But hear what I'm about to tell you. As much as I love her, as much as she loves me, we cannot complete each other. Only God can. That's why a threefold cord's not easily broken. He didn't say a twofold. He said a threefold. You need God to complete you. Why am I in this marriage? Well, a covenant relationship is about God making me into the person He wants me to be. Marriage teaches me how to be selfless and give my life away. God told Abraham, He said, I want you to go to a place, and I know that you've never seen this place, but I've prepared it for you. But I'm not going to tell you the where. I'm just going to show you later. I'm going to tell you why. Because God, a lot of times, if God showed us what was going to happen in our life, we'd never go to start with. Some of you started coming to church here because of maybe what you could get from the church. But then you're here becomes there and now God's growing your faith and you're not just warming a seat, but you're engaging in ministry. We got you standing at a door. You're out in the parking lot. You're picking up trash. You're leading a class. You're here doing something. You're making coffee. Come on, somebody. You're serving somebody else. And I want to be honest with you and truthful with you and tell you that part of what we believe here at this church is not just coming and warming a seat and it's not just coming here and hearing a good word or a good message, but a part of being in this church is learning how to serve and be selfless and give your life away because God created you to give yourself away. Amen. Amen. Look at this. We got to we got to finish. I got more than what I can give to you and I probably won't get it all to you, but look at verse 10. So he arose and he went to Zarephath and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there. Why was she there? Because God was going to send somebody. She's gathering sticks and he called out to her. Elisha does. And I want you to notice what he says to her. Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. You know what he just said? I know y'all been in a drought, but could you give me some water? Elijah knows that God is up to something because he sends him to a widow's house. But Elijah gets up and he has to go there. Somebody say there. 
You can't make the ravens come back to the brook. They're not coming. You can't make the water flow again, but God can. Are you with me? I just got to be obedient. I'll have people tell me, Pastor, I need to meet with you. Now I'm gonna be, I got to be careful because, you know, I know that when I say this, they'll say, I had a meeting with Pastor. Are you talking about me? No, just listen to what I'm about to tell you. They'll say, I need to meet with you. And I'll say, okay, well, I didn't see him in church Sunday or the week before or maybe that Wednesday on the class. I've had this happen many, many, many times. And I thought maybe as a pastor I was the only one until another pastor made a comment about it. And he said, isn't it amazing that the very times, a lot of times, that what a person wants to meet with you about is what you preached about and talked about and covered on Sunday or was on your class, in your class on Wednesday night and they wasn't even there. I'm preaching because I only got a couple of amens and come on. It's true. The very thing, I, we had a situation happen several years ago, and we were in a series called Offenses, or it was about being offended. And we had this person that got offended about offense, I think, about what was being talked about or something. And the person that talked to him that came back to me said, Pastor, did you know? I said, no, I didn't know it. He said, well, the very thing that, they, that, that John Bevere talked about in that class was the very thing this person missed the week that he missed and was offended about. I said, that's just the way the enemy is. Here's what I'm telling you. You can't get it unless you get up and go there. Are you with me? Elijah got fed by the ravens. He got the water. God made it flow. But listen to this. Now it's dried up and God has moved him from there to here or to that place where the widow was. Look at this. Let me hurry up. Verse 11. And when she was going to get the water, he calls out to her. You know how some people add insult to injury? They don't have, she don't have enough water or she has just a little bit. Look at this. He says, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand when you come back. In other words, bring me some water and some bread. Now, I'm going to tell you what he did. Elijah asked first for the water and then for the bread that she did not really have. As a matter of fact, when you read the scripture, you find out this nation and this prophet and this woman, all three are in a crisis. But God is about to bring all three of them together and connect and reveal what he's doing for each one of them. Why? Because many times what God has called you to do, your purpose, what God has for you, standing at a door, cooking meals, picking up trash, cutting grass, come on somebody, greeting somebody at the door, working in the nursery, teaching a class. Many times those callings are birthed and formed in a time of crisis. You would have never done it if it hadn't have been for the fact that you ended up in the middle of a mess you didn't know what to do about. But the church reached out to you in some way. A pastor called you. A friend from the church reached out. A small group loved you and cared about you. And from that, you realize your purpose and its birth out of that crisis. Not just one, but all three. Look at this. Verse 12. So she says back to him, as, as the Lord God lives. You know what she says? She's basically saying, by the Lord's name, I swear, I don't have any bread. I've only got a handful of flour in a bin and a little bit of oil in a jar. She said, I'm going to gather up some sticks that I'm going to go in. I'm going to prepare it for myself and my son. Look at what she says, that we can eat and die. 
We're going to eat and die. It seems really selfish that this old prophet would come up and he's asking her these questions and telling her, you know, go get me some water, get me some bread. But you know what he was doing? He was stretching her faith. You know what he was doing? He was teaching to her a principle that wasn't written yet in Matthew 6.33 that says, Seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness. Come on, and He will give you everything you need. Are you hearing me? It will be added to you. Look at verse 13. And Elijah said to her, Don't fear. Do as I've asked you to do. Make a small cake. Not for you and your son first, but for me. Man, selfish, arrogant cuss of a prophet act just like a preacher want to get his belly fed first bring it to me and then when you get done doing that then you make something for you and your son and it seems so selfish but in this same thing God commanded the raven to bring him food and cause the brook to flow but the same God listen to this that made the ravens bring him food and made that water flow would be the same God, look at this, that would fill her flour mill barrel and her oil till it overflowed. Have you ever thought that God, and I'm closing right here, have you ever thought that God didn't bring Elijah there to be fed but to feed the widow? Say it again. Have you ever thought that God wasn't just bringing Elijah to that place to get his belly full and to seem like he was being arrogant and to seem like he was being selfish. But God brought Elijah there to feed that widow. Because when you read the rest of this story, what you're going to find out is after she was obedient to what God or what the prophet had said, that her oil did not run out the whole time during the drought. Her flour bin, she'd reach in, scoop out flour to make bread. And guess what? Every time she'd go to that barrel, there would be more flour. Every time she would pour from the oil, there would be more oil. Can I tell you, have you ever thought about that God never brought you from there to here to leave you alone and to let you die? And it wasn't just about you, but it was for somebody else. Have you ever thought that God allowed you to be in the relationship that you're in, not just for you and what you could get out of it, but maybe to help them? Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Maybe God didn't just bring you to this place and to this church to do something for me but maybe or for yourself but to do something for somebody else in this church come on somebody that it was you amen would you stand with me I told you I was going to answer this maybe you're here is to get you there what do you mean by that closing I need to give me something kind of quiet to play as we get ready to pray Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe what God's doing wasn't just about you. Maybe you're here is to get you there so that you can help somebody else that's hurting. What I find a lot of times in church especially is that we get real focused on, you know, you came to church because you got needs in your life and you want to be fed and all of these things. But have you ever thought that maybe... Have you ever thought that just maybe, that if you look beyond your hurt for a few moments, that you look beyond your situation, you look beyond what's happening in your life and what's been going on in your life, that God may have brought you here for somebody else? Have you ever thought that maybe 
that God saved you, brought you out of your addiction, helped you get free from alcohol, helped you get free from drugs, helped you get free from pornography, helped you get free from your selfishness, helped you get free from all of the stuff that you were dealing with so that you could help somebody else. 